0: Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messaggi, Enneagram Six Life Coach for Sixes. This week, it's all about parts work and sixes. Hello, sixes. Welcome back. I'm so glad you are here. Today, we're going to be talking about parts, the various parts of six in a specific way let's get into it. So I got a question through my website and I love getting questions. I love getting requests. Please, if you have ideas for the podcast, things you want to hear about, send them to me. I absolutely love it. Okay. This question says, I'm curious if you could do a podcast episode focusing on the potential parts that might exist for Enneagram 6 With respect to IFS? Yes, I can, and I'm happy to. So I'm going to get into what that is in just a minute. First, I want to say how fun this question was to get because, specifically around the timing of it. My episode last week, where I talk about cowardice and faith, one of the things that I talked about in terms of creating, um, An openness, right, more of a faithful posture is like an an openness to being aware of the synchronicities of life, things that sort of come together, that are outside of our control, that don't really make any sense whatsoever. A lot of people would refer to these as coincidences, which I see as a more sort of cynical view on these types of things. I consider them synchronicities. They delight me and being delighted is uh fun. It feels good. It makes it gives me that sort of sense of a little bit more being rooted in the flow of things. So this question came in probably three days after I had done somewhat of an impromptu parts work workshop in the group coaching program that I run, 0 So it was a very cool synchronistic timing and I just took that as a sign that I should do this episode immediately. So here we go. IFS is Internal Family Systems. This is a therapeutic modality created by Dr. Richard Schwartz. I am not trained in internal family systems. I want to make that really clear. I've read one of his books, No Bad Parts. It's a great book. Highly recommend. In the book, it really goes over the entire framework of IFS, which has really a whole cast of characters inside each and every human. In terms of the theory, and I think this is always just so important to remember, right? This is a therapeutic theory, and model. So often, as we know and I've talked about, our psychologizing language, especially in six brains, can become like fact. And that can just cause us a lot of potential issues. So I just always want to remind us to hold everything lightly And to remember that we are looking for and always using language to describe humaning. And sometimes that's really useful and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it works for some people. Sometimes it doesn't, et cetera, et cetera. So as I'm talking about this, let's just remember this is a theory, a theoretical framework for helping people with trauma and feeling more whole in their lives and having more choice. Okay. In that framework, there's really this idea that there's a core self and very early on in our childhood there were there was this fracturing off from our core self and these characters, personas inside developed all sort of in an effort to protect the core self. And also to protect, well, gosh, okay. It's not so much to protect the core self, it's to protect the wounded parts of us. Because the idea is that the core self can't be wounded. And really, I'm trying to take a whole theory and put it into like four sentences. At the end of the day, the idea is that these parts that formed to protect our wounded self are not as useful in our adult lives as if we are able to sort of understand these parts and work with them and sort of um give them different new jobs in our life as sort of assigned by the core self that we all have the core self is not wounded cannot be wounded it's it is in there we don't tend to access it easily because we have all these parts of us running the show this goes very very well if we think of the framing that i've put forward around the enneagram right the enneagram are these personality adaptive strategies to keep the core self safe so very similar In that way, we have personality patterns, parts of us, adaptive strategies, all of these different framings are essentially saying that we've developed habits that we use. And at some point, all of these habits we realize are kind of maladaptive. They're not getting us the results we want in our lives. And we just, have all these different ways and theories and modalities to help us understand those, uh, heal them. I'm saying heal kind of like, uh, yeah, I think that's what we're doing. So that we can access this core self. And I want to tell you what the qualities of the core self are insofar as internal family systems describe them because they're useful. They're great. They're qualities that many of us know that we would like to have more of in our lives. It's it's really things that we're sort of striving for, we're striving to get externally when this theory is saying we have these within us at our core, our work is to access that core and then utilize these natural characteristics toward our own self, toward our own parts. And then that also helps us access those in terms of the larger world. Okay. If I butchered that, you know, I kind of butchered that. Let's just be honest, but hopefully I got the general idea out. Okay. The core self has the qualities of... This is according, again, to the IFS model. Curiosity, creativity, compassion, calm, confidence, courage, clarity, and connectedness. They all start with C. How how convenient. The So again, these are the qualities of the core self according to the internal family systems model. And I don't know about you. That sounds good to me. <laughs> when I am not caught up in my sixty patterns, when I am not caught by just all of the things that grab my attention and I'm grounded and I'm regulated, these do tend to be the qualities that are able to emerge naturally. Curiosity, creativity, compassion, calm, confidence, courage, clarity and connectedness. So, there you go. There's the framework. Again, I probably butchered it. I certainly, you know, made it fit in podcast length. So, I'm going to quit listening to the part of me that is telling me I did a bad job doing that. And we're just going to keep going. So, the question is what parts might sixes specifically have? that it would benefit us to be on the lookout for. So the other framing I want to offer here is just that. We are going to look at parts. Well, hold on. I'm not going to do that quite yet. The other thing I want to say is in internal family systems, you have a whole bunch of different parts that kind of fit into categories. First, you have protectors. Protectors are here to protect everyone else and they tend to kind of lead. So when you this is really how I kind of think now. When you meet someone, you're meeting their protectors. You're meeting the parts of them that are like, "Hey, I'm in charge. I'm protecting everyone behind me, including core self, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Nice to meet you. These protectors come in all different forms. Also, if you get any kind of tension argument conflict who's going to show up first and foremost the protectors of course of course they are as soon as we or anyone feels unsafe or just feels off you can you can picture it right protectors are going to be right here ready to handle the situation then you have managers you have firefighters you have the exiles, which are the real wounded parts who are really hidden away and all these other characters are sort of managing the whole internal environment so that exile stays safe and away. As a coach, someone who is not trained in the therapeutic model of internal family systems, I do not work with any parts except protectors. Why? Why is that? because I'm not trained in that model. And this work can get very intense and go very deep. And so to keep it at the level that is appropriate for me, I only teach about protectors in my practice and work with protectors specifically. That is seems to be safe for all parties. It's not asking anyone to sort of go anywhere that I'm not qualified to take them. And so those are the parts that we're going to be talking about in this episode. Okay. The reason I think this work is so incredibly useful, there's so many reasons, but I think the most basic reason that I bring it in and like to work with it is when we think in terms of parts, even if we don't utilize specific parts, If we just, like if I'm listening to someone and they're a six, they probably have conflicting ideas about things. That tends to be something that we bring to the table. And we can really have a lot of internal discomfort and shame around all of this internal conflict. At the very least, we can feel very confused and like we couldn't possibly make a decision or come to a conclusion because we have all of this going on. So, the first thing a parts frame offers is an explanation for conflicting thoughts and permission for that to be the case. So, if we say, Yes, I hear that part of you is thinking this and feeling this, and part of you is thinking this and feeling this. Yeah, that makes sense. You have different parts of you who are having different experiences in their own right. And all of the sudden, this sort of shame for having all of this internal conflict starts to kind of fade away. It gets a little bit less in the picture. Also, shame itself, a sort of inner witness that is really harsh to anything happening inside us, that in and of itself is a part, okay? So there's one, there's part one. We have a part, some of us call it the inner critic, some of us call it, um, well, let's just go with inner critic, inner shamer. That part exists in all of us. Some of us have a couple different versions, but usually there's one main inner critic. And that, you can start to see how this works. So we can have different stories going on and then there can be a third part in there that's looking at that back and forth and judging it. This shouldn't be so hard for you. Why are you so confused? Why can't you just make a decision? That type of thing, that's a part. So there's one benefit. As soon as we start to even talk in terms of parts, it is an unshaming action because it's acknowledging, hey, this happens, this is real, this is everyone. Parts are different, but we all have parts. So again, yes, this is just a theory, but we wanna use theories and frameworks that as soon as possible in the process start to help us feel a little bit better. And one of the ways this does that is it unshames the whole setup. It says, yeah, this makes sense. There's lots of parts of you. There's lots of parts of me. Let's get to know them. Let's see what's happening there. The other benefit, particularly for sixes, is this is a way to start to get a little bit of distance from all of the conflicting thinking that occurs so naturally inside of us. As sixes, we want to find ways to get a little bit of distance from all of the thinking. Without being able to get distance from our thinking, we are caught and, well, we just all know how that goes. It doesn't work too well for us. Okay, so we already have two benefits of an unshaming nature of the framework in and of itself. and. As we start to recognize parts, it gives us a way to start to get some distance from all the automatic thinking that happens in our minds. Okay. If I think of more benefits along the way, I will say them, but let's get into it. Let's get into some parts. So, the other thing I want to say is that sixes ultimately want security, particularly in the form of. Support and guidance. Okay, so security and support. Support is guidance, and I'm gonna say validation. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. And we fear not having security and support/slash guidance, and we we want we externalize that support. And guidance. We externalize that security. We are looking for those things to come from outside of us. And ironically, what happens here, and this is true for all numbers, is we generally... It's just so fascinating to me. All numbers tend to create the opposite of what they're looking for with their response to their own wounding. I'm going to try to say that again. All numbers tend to create the opposite of what they really desire by their response, their adaptive strategies to their own wounding. So with sixes, what that looks like is we so badly are wanting the external world to help us feel safe, secure, uh, like we know what to think and do, and yet, when we're going to look at these protectors, we're going to see that they create often distance from others. They create the opposite of what we actually want. And it makes sense because they are in front of our selves, and they're saying, we're not safe and we're not going to let you self come out. Until we're sure that we're safe. However, that sort of defensive or possibly aggressive posture, which we're going to talk about, doesn't get us what we want, which is connection with others. I'm getting off too much on a rabbit hole here, other than maybe this is just my own fascination with how humans work. I mean, truly, I'm just like, my mind is boggled with how our protection, our self-protection so often keeps us from creating exactly the healing that we want it's it's wild it's wild that here we are okay if we consider what are the protectors i'm not going to go through all the ones that we did in the workshop because i feel like i don't know i just feel like that would be boring i'm going to talk about a couple so these are protector parts from the ifs framework And then I'm going to talk about some that just, I think, are appropriate for sixes to consider for themselves. So we can look at, we can also look at parts in terms of how they move us in relation to others. Some of us have protector parts that are aggressive. Okay, aggression moves us toward other people. Not in like, you know, necessarily a good way, but it moves us toward people. Other parts are distancing. So they're going to move us away from people. And this is just good to know, especially if we rope in. Again, if we put Enneagram language on this, you'll often start to see all the ways that these things work together. So if you think of phobic and counterphobic behavior, you're going to see that as we sort of if we whoosh, swing to the counterphobic side of the spectrum, you're going to get more of the aggressive protectors online. And as we move toward the, quote, phobic side of the spectrum, you're going to get more of the distancing protectors online. And of course, as we know, these things all happen on a spectrum. But if you notice more aggression, that's just, it's just interesting to consider. I love, of course, again, my own nerding out in fascination here, how all these systems work together. Because of course, me as a practitioner, I'm always pulling from all these different systems and then using them in coaching with, with real sixes. Okay. So here are some aggressive protectors. An agitated, tense part. Critical, judgmental part. Guilt-tripping part. Sarcastic, choking part. Ooh, Hyper, rational, rigid part. Volcano, blow up part. Angry, furious part. Controlling part. So those are some aggressive protectors. So you can see those parts show up to protect our inner selves, right? They, there's nothing wrong with them. They make good sense. They're there for good reason. We just want to know how to work with them. We want to understand them. We want to be curious about like, what what role are you playing in my life? Because they don't tend to get us what we actually want, which is safety and secure connection, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, now we're going to move on to some of the distancing parts. These are still just straight from IFS. Okay, I haven't gone into my own made up, sixy parts yet. So some of the more distancing protectors. You can also just, I hope, just feel the difference in like what these aggressive protectors are doing and these distancing protectors. So anxious, worried, scared part. I think most sixes have this part. Your more phobic sixes are going to have this part more uh, in the forefront. Okay, workaholic, busy part. Mm. Addicted, numbing, OCD part. Isolating, passive-aggressive part. Overactive, impulsive, busy part. This one, the PPPCT part. Perfectionist, people-pleasing, caretaking, faking good part. Oof, that one got some of us in the group so many of these did. Fragmented, unfocused, overwhelmed, spacey part. Dependent, weak, needy part. Exhausted, tired, bored. Defensive, guilty part. Self-focused part. Ugh, that last one got me. Okay, so there are some straight from IFS protectors you just want to notice if those resonate with you. Let's get into the 60 specific parts. All right. The number one part I think all sixes could be on the lookout for is literally the name of the podcast, Life Uninhibited. All sixes have an inner self inhibitor, the inhibitor part. This part is very interesting because it's, it has a couple different ways that it shows up. And you could, you could, you could think of these ways it shows up as their own parts if you wanted to. But the idea here, right, is here comes your this. I've done entire episodes on this part early on in the podcast. Sixes self-inhibit. This is the main anti-self-action of sixes. So truly understanding your inhibitor part is really 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 useful as your work as a six this is the part that you have good ideas or you have thoughts about something or you want to do something you have a generous impulse and as that bit of you yourself comes up this part tears it up using two main mechanisms one is the what ifs the what ifs the committee right? Oh, what if that? What if this? What's that person going to think? Oh, what would that person think? Oh, that person would be upset. So it uses our desire for support against us, right? That what if part is using our desire for external support against us by taking our own ideas, our own creative impulses, And tearing it apart with what ifs, what are they gonna think, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, the other sort of arm of the self inhibitor is cynicism. So, this is when here come your creative impulses, your ideas, your thoughts about things. And it sounds more like, well, there's no point, there's no reason for that anyway. They won't understand you. Look at the world. It's going to hell in a handbasket, which, sure, it is. That's not the point. But that the, the cynicism part isn't going to feel the same as what ifing, but they're both inhibitor parts. So, however, it works for you to consider okay, my self inhibitor maybe you want to separate those. The what if -er or the what will they think part, right? The what if part, the what will they think part, or the cynical part. Now, the cynical part is going to feel better in your body than the what if or what will they think part. And If that doesn't make any sense, what I'm saying, I want you to try these things on. Think of the last time you had an idea. What tore that idea apart? Was it doubt and questioning, which we know how that feels. That feels terrible. Or was it, well, they won't get it anyway. Or, you know, last time I talked to them, they didn't hear what I had to say. or you know there's just everything's so terrible it doesn't matter what i do anyway like it they're going to feel different in your body and cynicism feels a little bit better it feels a little more sure there's a there's a certainty to it so even though it's we could consider it negative it doesn't have the sort of ungrounded uh, disorienting feeling that the what-ifs and what will they think do. I hope that makes sense because they're both... They're, they're two sides of the same coin, but they feel very different. Ooh, the cynical part is also where you're going to get more of that aggression. What's wrong with people? Why can't they just do what they're supposed to do? That part. <laughs> Why can't people just... <laughs> could be a separate part. Why can't people think things through the way I do? What's wrong with people? So again, you're going to notice those questions, that cynicism is going to feel sturdier because it's going to feel... Aggression feels more solid than doubt. So this is why some of us lean more that way than the other. Neither one is particularly useful to getting our needs met, to getting our needs and wants met in the end. We just tend to lean one way or the other. They are both a function of the inhibitor. Okay, one more I thought of. I think related to the inhibitor because this one can be used to Quickly shut down uh, a lot of potentially positive things that come from the self. And it's the skeptical intellectualizer. The skeptical intellectualizer, just consider that a separate part. I also think it could be an arm of the cynicism of the inhibitor. Okay, so that's your self inhibitor two sort of branches of that the what if what will they think doubt and that's all feels a certain way and then the other branch of that is the cynicism the sort of simmering anger why don't they just which some of those were kind of covered in the parts i mentioned earlier but you really just get the sort of sexy spin doing it this way okay a couple other sexy specific parts this one, I just thought of after having this really wonderful conversation with a couple of my 60 friends. We we're talking about 60 things like we do. And I was like, oh, this is a part. Okay. This is the inject uncertainty part. And this masquerades often as curiosity, which is one of the tenets of the core self. But this is not curiosity. This is not what I'm talking about. Injecting uncertainty is, oh, we just do this all of the time. This is so much of the questioning, but it's the particular kind of questioning that I'm talking about. So it's, oh, but what about this? What about that? Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Now now, let me hear me. There is a useful place for this part. And a lot of work situations. This this is the part you want, right? This is the part you want, making sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and et cetera, et cetera. And there's there's a lot of good use. But this is not really what I'm talking about. This is in. Relationships. This is in contexts where we are feeling uncertain. And we want to put that uncertainty into other people's deal, people that seem too certain. We want to break up the certainty. I also think there's a lot of healthy use for this, especially if we're doing it consciously. But this is a part okay i'm i'm i don't know why i'm so defensive of this part i must have this part in spades <laughs> i'm spending a lot of time like this one's good you can probably that probably is that part in the room like fighting for its life like okay part i hear you i see you yes i very much appreciate you however this part uh useful as it is can wreak havoc especially if we are sort of got it masquerading as curiosity. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I actually am going to have a whole episode on curiosity um, with a guest coming up soon that I'm quite excited about because yeah. Okay. Six isn't in curiosity. It's a whole thing. So here's another part. Get all the information part. I just need more information. I just have to get more information. I just have to keep getting information. I just have to understand. I'm just trying to understand that part. Y'all know that one? I just have to get all the information. I just have to, I just have to understand more. I just have to read these 10 more articles. I just have to look at this 16 more different perspectives before I can actually know what I think or feel about something, or can actually make a decision. So those are your 60 specific parts added into the beginning parts that came straight from IFS. So as you start to see yourself more clearly, as this is like so much of the whole entire framing of my philosophies, what I'm trying to help do with this podcast, what I think is missing in the world of the Enneagram is consciously working with how we see what we see. What is the attitude? What is the heart that we bring to seeing ourselves with more clarity? Do we let the automatic parts that will come up and judge ourselves for being imperfect because we have parts of us that think our imperfection what does it do? We have parts that think our imperfection put us at risk of losing support. We have parts that think, uh oh, you better get your crap together, or you're gonna be alone. Right? That's that's the part. So we don't want to listen. We don't want to let that part... That's another part. What do we call that part? I don't know. But no, that's in there too. We don't want to listen to that part. We want to say, Oh, yep. I I see. I see my own judgment of myself. I see that part. And I get it. I get why that part's there. Right? We don't want to do anything to harm our own security by like being a human or anything. So we want to craft a part intentionally, or we could say access our core self intentionally, whatever language works for you. We really want to develop or access a sense of ourselves seeing our parts with, at the very least, neutral acceptance. Like, yep, there I am. Yep, I see that. Obviously, I have a more, I don't know, kind of lofty and loving idea around how we could see ourselves. But let's be realistic. And if that isn't a muscle that we have access to, if those aren't emotions that we really can sink into, like loving acceptance of what is, well, we don't, that's fine. That's totally fine. We can, whoop. Kind of come back to, yep, there I am. And then we can consider, there I am. And that's okay. I make sense. Yep, that happened. I see that part. I understand that part's there for a reason. That makes sense. That level of neutral acceptance is wonderful and so much mm, lighter than being cruel to ourselves. And we don't have to go all the way to, you know, mushy-gushy, hey, I'm so glad you're here, part that's making my life really difficult. Like, we don't have to do that. So don't hold that as something you have to do either. Really, neutral acceptance of all of you is, I, I would say, a goal. Letting what's there be there. And that's it. And that's okay. And that makes sense. Of course, that part's there. Of course, that's showing up. Of course, such and this is happening. Of course, I'm doubting myself. Of course, I'm feeling cynical about that. That all makes sense. And that all feels a lot safer than, you know, kind of cracking open ourselves and letting our true core self step out into the world. That is a journey. That is sort of the lifelong journey that we're all doing here. Okay. I hope this was helpful framing for you. I love the question so much. Thank you for asking it. And this is also a little bit of a taste of some of what we do in coaching. You know, when I'm coaching someone, I really am using my instincts to bring forth whatever tool seems to be the most useful in the moment. And parts work is definitely one of the tools that I use a lot in terms of helping sixes generate the framing about their whole deal that seems to be a little more useful for them, then of course, what our various parts or our brains, however you want to talk about it, offers automatically. So I hope this was useful and helpful to you. And of course, if you want to get my help with this work, I would absolutely love it. You can reach out to me on my website and we can talk about if group or one-on-one is a better fit for you. All right, have a great week, everyone, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast with ratings and reviews. Appreciate it so much. And I'll be back with y'all next week.